Welcome to this week's message on Brit David Podcast. We are glad you have chosen to join us as Pastor Tim shares a message from Luke 5, 12 through 26, entitled, Strange Things. When people pray, strange things happen. In our passage today, three different groups of people are praying, and the passage closes by saying, And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We have seen strange things today. Pray and see what strange thing God might do. Let's look at these examples. Here's Pastor Tim. Hope you have your Bible today. If you'll take it, turn with me to Luke chapter number 5. We pick up where we left off last week. I want to be able to show you something today that according to verse number 12 happened in a certain city and according to verse number, thir- uh, verse number 17 on a certain day. I-, I point those things out because of this. He does not get specific. It's not that it has to happen in that city and at that particular time. In fact, for him to simply say, this is something that happens in a certain day, in a certain city, on a certain day, means that it could happen in any city. It could happen at any day. Saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then he put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he, Jesus charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing as a testimony to them, just as Moses commanded. Then the report went out concerning him all the more, and a great multitude came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. So he himself, Jesus himself, often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they sought to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and led him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. So when he saw their faith, he said to him, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take your bed, and go to your house immediately. He rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And pay attention to verse number 26. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and they were filled with fear, with awe, saying, We have seen strange things today. We've seen strange things today. That's what I want for us. 
That's what I want for us in church today. That's what I want for us as we approach this coming weekend. I, I want people to be able to look and to see what God is doing and say, I have seen strange things today. By strange things, what I mean is, I, I've seen something that I can't do by myself. I've seen something that, that is not, uh, it's not performed by my ability, my ingenuity, my creativity, my wealth, my, my whatever. It's not anything that I've been able to do. Instead, I've seen strange things. I've seen God do what only God can do in a way that only God can do it so that God himself is glorified. In fact, the full of verse number 26 is really what I'd like to see. That people are able to walk away seeing what Jesus has done and, and all the people were amazed and they glorified God and they were filled with awe of who He is, saying, we have seen strange things today. We come to this passage, what I discover is the thing that links all three of those episodes that we read is prayer. It's all prayer. It, in fact, verse number 26, they were amazed, they glorified God, they were filled with fear, and they said, we've seen strange things today is all sitting right atop the results of prayer. When people pray, listen, if you don't get anything else, get this. When people pray, strange things happen. When people pray, strange things happen. If, in fact, we define those strange things as not those things that we can do, but those things that God can do. When people pray, God acts. God's able to do. And when God does, He does things that to us sometimes are very, very strange. In fact, there are three different, I want to just say peoples, that are in these passages that go to praying. And when they pray, God has acted on their behalf. The first is a man that we met in verse number 12 who was a leper. This is what I'd say to you about him. When the leper prayed, he was rinsed. Where he was cleansed, he was made whole, he was made complete. He was rinsed from the top of his head down to the very sole of his feet. He was made clean. Let's go back to verse number 12 for just a moment. It says that, it's, that it just so happened. That's <laughs> how God works, doesn't it? It just, so, it just so happened. God suddenly just begins to work in this certain city. But this man, look at what the Bible says. He was full of leprosy. He doesn't just have an outbreak that's on his arm, an outbreak that's on his leg, or an outbreak that's anywhere. He is full of that. We may not hear very many cases about leprosy today, but we hear an awful lot about cancer, don't we? And from time to time, you'll find somebody and they'll say, that poor soul, boy, he is, he is eat up. We'll say it that way. He is eat up with cancer. What we mean is he is full. It is everywhere in his body. That's this man's case. He is full of leprosy. He is eat up with it. When he sees Jesus, he falls on his face before him. And this is his very simple prayer. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And what a simple answer that comes back from Jesus. Look, if you will, there in verse number 13. 
Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Now, that's a no-no. That's a no-no back then before six feet separation was a no-no today, right? No, nobody want to touch anybody with COVID today. Did nobody want to touch anybody with leprosy back then? But what does Jesus do? He just reaches out and touches him. And there are times where somebody just needs a touch, right? Jesus reaches out and touches him and says to him this, I am willing. One of the reasons, I think, why we don't see our prayers answered the way that we think that our prayers ought to be answered is that we have not spent sufficient time discovering what God's will is. You know? We just throw up a request because that's what we want. We, we throw up a request because that becomes the, the, uh, the, the immediate response of my heart to my circumstances. I want things to be fixed. I want things to be fun. I want things to be right. I want things to be the way that I want them to be. Right? And so I throw those things up without ever really spending any time with the Lord to discover what is He doing in, the, in all of this? What's God, what is God doing in the midst of my sickness? What, what is God doing in the midst of these no's that come to us? What is, what is God doing when things aren't going the way that I think that they ought to go or I want them to go? Because God is up to something, isn't He? He is at work. He has brought you to that and bringing you through that for His own reasons. What is the reason? Now, truthfully, I have to tell you that you may never know. You may never know why God's brought you through what He's brought you through until one day when you get to glory. But if you spend any time asking Him, what does He want? Does He want healing on this side? Does he want ultimate healing on the other side? Does, does he want me to continue to sit in the midst of a no answer? Or, or does he want to move me into a yes? What is God doing and what does God want? Lord, if you are willing. Now sometimes we'll use that in our prayers. We'll, we'll throw in there. We'll say something. We'll say, if you're willing or if it's the Lord's will or something like that. But listen, just to be honest. Sometimes we throw those things in there because we really don't know what God's will is and we're trying to look for an out, right? Just in case God doesn't answer the way we want to, we don't want Him to look bad, and so we say, Lord, then if it's your will, almost as if that's the escape hatch. It's not an escape hatch. I believe God wants you to know what His will for your life is and wants you to know what His will is in those certain circumstances, so spend time with Him. Before you begin to simply dump out your list on this, uh, on this godly Santa Claus, you know, know him. Know the mystery of his will. <laughs> it's all right here. Everything that you need to know for your life and for godliness is found here. Everything that he will tell you about his will is already in some form right here. He will take you to his own word in his spirit. Take the word of God and apply it directly to your heart. Listen, what you hold in your hand is the greatest treasure that has ever been. There's nothing like it. This, this book doesn't contain truth. This book is truth. This book doesn't contain the Word of God. This is the Word of God. 
it's not as if I simply want God to speak to me through this. God is speaking to me through this. There's a little devotional book that I know a lot of, a lot of people like, a lot of you like, called Jesus Calling. And it's taken, it, it takes Jesus' words or words from the Bible and they, it, as if he's speaking directly to you. <laughs> Take this book. He is speaking directly to you. He's already speaking directly to you and to your life and to your heart. Listen to him. As you spend time with him, you get to know him. As you get to know him, you get to know his ways. You get to know his will. Then when you pray, and I'm praying in accordance with God's will. You know what the Bible says, right? Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, whatever you ask according to my will, he says, I will do it. Don't you think that that would change the expectation of your prayers? If I knew this is God's will, if I hear him saying, I am willing it changes how I pray. It changes the urgency with which I pray. And it changes the expectation in which I'm waiting now on Him to answer. I am willing. Be cleansed. And man, after that, <laughs> it just takes off, doesn't it? It takes off. I mean, He told this guy not to tell anybody else what had happened. He just tells him this. He gives him these instructions in verse number 14. Go and show yourself to the priest. That was right according to the law. Make an offering for your cleansing, just like the law said to do. And he said, it will be a testimony to them. Does that become important? It sure does. Even those priests need the testimony. You know, in just a little bit, when you get down to verse number 17, it's the Pharisees, it's the scribes, it's those same group of people that who are elitist in their religion who need the testimony, they need to see what God is doing. Just go show yourself. And then look at what happens. Then the report went out concerning him all the more. Everybody heard what was going on. Everybody heard what Jesus had done. Everybody heard about this man's testimony. And so what did they do? They came. They wanted to come. They wanted to see. They wanted to hear. They wanted their family members and their friends to be healed. So people are coming from everywhere to have the very same thing done. When the leper prayed, he was rinsed. There's a second one. It's not just the leper who's praying, it's the Lord. When the Lord prayed, he was refreshed. Look, if you will, in verse number 16. Jesus himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Don't you know that if Jesus needs to withdraw often just to pray, that you and I need to withdraw often and pray? Now, I... I, I, I want to discover what God's will is. Jesus already knows what God's will is. I, I, I want to get to know the Father in great intimacy. Jesus already knows the Father in great intimacy. I, I'm eventually going to have requests that I want to make of God. I want God to do something that I can't do. 
I want God to bring about a change that I can't bring about. I want Him to act. Jesus already knows, doesn't He? So if Jesus takes time to withdraw and to pray, I need to take time to withdraw and to pray. What happened? Why does Jesus even bother to do that? To be refreshed. To be refreshed. Yes, to be refreshed in His body. His body is wearing on him, isn't it? I mean, he's, he is continually ministering to people day after day after day. And can you imagine, I mean, what just preceded this verse? The Bible says that great numbers of people now are coming to him and bringing things to him, asking him to do something, me, 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 constantly. And Jesus has to respond to those things. And he does respond to them, doesn't he? He's still active, and he's still at work. There are times his body needs rest. There are times when your body needs rest and needs to be refreshed. There are times when your soul needs to be refreshed. There's something about the withdrawing, something about getting alone and getting out of that normal space. Sometimes our prayer life is nothing more than praying over meals at the table, which is proper. Praying as I drive down the street, which is proper, unless you pray with your eyes closed. That's that's not good. (laughs) Praying while we're sort of on the run. Those things are good, aren't they? They're proper to do that. There's time when you've got to get away from the task. You've got to get away from what you're doing so that you might really focus on Him. Take that illustration of praying and driving. That's okay. You ought to pray while you drive. You drive out here on veterans, you better be praying while you drive, you know? But, also, I have to focus on my driving, right? I mean, I can't just pray. I can't, I I mean, for real, I can't bow my head and close my eyes while I pray. i got to focus on driving while I talk to the Lord. Listen, there are times where I need to talk to the Lord and focus on Him. I don't need to be worrying about driving. I don't need to be worried about doing whatever it is that I'm doing. I need to get alone with Him. That's why Jesus said, get into the middle of that prayer closet. You go into that secret place. and You spend time with the Father. What happens while you're in there? You get to know Him get to know Him. And Christian life really is about walking with God in intimacy, right? You're not going to be intimate with Him or with anybody else without communication. Spending time talking to Him. As you talk to Him, you're going to learn what His will is. And there's something else that happens. Look, if you will, at verse number 17. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as He was teaching... There were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. Look at this last sentence of verse 17. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Jesus was ready. Now you say, well, Jesus always has power. I mean, he had, he had so much power to heal people that he was standing there one day and a lady reached out and grabbed the hem of his garment and she was healed. You know, and Jesus said, hey, power's gone out of me. Who touched me? You know, I don't, I don't get to do that. 
I need to spend time with Him. And when I'm in His presence, and I'm getting to know Him, and I'm beginning to understand what His will is for my life, you know what else I'm receiving? His power. His power. That's why we say sometimes that when we work at church, that we get tired, but it's a good tired, right? When you're doing things for the Lord, I mean, you're going to get tired. Ark in the Park's coming, I guarantee you. If you work, you're going to get exhausted. But it's a good exhaustion, you know? There is something, though, about those kinds of days of working that need to be preceded by prayer so that I'm doing what I know God wants me to do. So that I'm doing what God wants me to do with the power that God provides. Not simply saying, hey, you know, like Ark in the Park, hey, this is our 22nd year. I've done this 22 times. I know, I know what to do, right? I know, how to, I know how to run a game. I know how to, I know how to work the good news tent. I know how to give out food. I know how to do... I mean, that's fine if you know how to do those things. But you're doing it in your own strength. You do it in His strength. It's different for you. And it's different for the folks that will be out there. Depending on whose strength that you're leaning on. Yours or His. When the leper prayed, he was rinsed. When the Lord prayed, he was, he was refreshed. Join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Tim's message, Strange Things. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.